so we'll do that. Okay, your question. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Missed Opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget that we have to introduce ourselves. I just want to jump in. I'm Laura. I'm Taya. So just so you can differentiate just, our voices. Although apparently we sound the same, so it might not even matter. That's so funny. Too. Yeah, my husband thinks so too. Sometimes he listens and he's like, was that Taya or you? <laughs> it's funny because I listen to these because um, I have to edit them. Yeah. Sometimes I edit them. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, we, we did fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I can tell our voices apart. I, can do, I listen to them as well. I can tell us apart, but I also know who said what. Yeah, so maybe so. that's just it. <laughs> anyway, but you had... Okay, you so, posed a very interesting question. So I do you miss the romance narrative in Disney movies? And I said not really. Because, like... I think the stories are good. Well, not all of them. Not every single Disney or Pixar movie that's come out the last few years has been amazing, great. But the ones that have been good, I do enjoy. Like Moana, I really enjoy Moana. Um, I like Moana. And Kanto. I don't love Moana. <laughs> like, and I, and I think that is the, the thing where we differ is a lot of people really love Moana. I didn't actually like Moana the first time I watched it. I was like, okay, this is pointless. Like, I didn't really see a whole lot of reason for that story to exist. Mm-hmm. But, and I didn't like the music, which that is a huge sin, and everybody is going to be so <laughs> mad at me because Lynn, whatever his name is. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Lynn, yeah. Miranda. He also wrote Encanto's music. I do. I know that because I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't like Moana. And then when Encanto came out, I did like uh, Encanto. Encanto, sorry. I did like the music in that. And everybody was like, yeah, he's such a genius. He did so good on Moana. And I remember like, Actually, I think I complained to you about, like, how I don't like the music in Moana. I because, think you did. Because I don't understand the words. Like, I don't hear... Her, her pronunciation, her diction wasn't... It's it's something I can't understand. It would be... If I were the music director for that, or even the director-director, I think I would have... Because her voice is really good. Yeah. It was, I, I would have definitely yeah, it was worked in no on way. her enunciation. And that's something you have to learn as a singer... Well, and but also he has a very unique way, and he does it in Encanto too. Um, he has a very unique way of writing the music to where you have to sing the lyrics in a certain I, I, speed and I, stuff like. And that. I like no more chocolate, baby. Here, you keep talking. I'm gonna wipe my toddler's face off of chocolate. <laughs> um, so I I don't necessarily like the the fast singing and the having a ton of words happen really quickly. I don't necessarily like that. And I don't think it worked very well in Moana. I think it worked a lot better in Encanto. I don't... And when I first saw Encanto, I didn't actually like any... Like, um, Dolores's part in We Don't Talk About Bruno, where she speaks really, really fast. I didn't actually like that part for a very long time. And I had to learn the lyrics to it. And I had to, like, listen for the lyrics in order for me to enjoy it. And I don't like doing that much work. <laughs> and I, and because I didn't like Moana enough to do that work, I never really connected with it. Yeah. I think it's a cute movie. I think uh, the music is fine. And I don't have a problem with it. Like, it's just, I like it. I really, I really enjoy Moana. I don't know if I would say I love it. And part of that is only because I have a toddler who went through a Moana phase where I watched it constantly. And anything I have to watch constantly diminishes a little <laughs> for a short time I have to have a detox yeah so but I really really enjoy it. I definitely especially um 
love the part at the end when she helps Tefiti put the heart back in and right. recognize you know who you are kind of a thing I re- like that was the part of the music that I liked was when she's in basically slow motion yeah. <laughs> walking towards the monster singing softly and be- like that was the part of the music that I liked connecting with who she really is and yeah. stuff I I love that part especially and there's not really, I mean, I didn't like the Tamatoa song for a long time. I've gotten more used to it, and I'm okay with it now. Yeah. But for a long time, I was just like... Shiny. Bleh. Yeah. I, yeah. The, now I'm okay with it, but it took a while. Well, and like the You're Welcome song is funner to quote than it is to listen to. Like, and, and I love The Rock. I'm a huge fan of The Rock, and he can sing off-key all he wants to, and I would still love The Rock. Like, you know, like... And I saw the, <laughs> I saw the most hilarious joke about the line... Because Maui can do everything but flow. And they're like, get it? Because he's sung by the, the rock. rock. <laughs> or the fact, like, the the chicken is eating a rock. And he's like, I'm worried about that chicken. He's eating a rock. And then it shows the chicken biting. Uh, it shows Hei Hei biting Maui. Maui. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the chicken the is rock. trying to eat the rock. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you were saying your favorite movie Mulan, the animated Mulan. The animated, to... yeah. We're, we're just talking about animated movies right now. Not live None action. None of the live action movies. That's a whole other podcast. Animated Mulan is my favorite Disney animated film of all time. I absolutely love it. I actually don't watch it often because I'm waiting for my daughter to be old enough so I can be like, <laughs> enjoy. You must love this movie. <laughs> I'm not sure I can handle it if you don't. Basically. But yeah. I, I really, there's one scene that I get really bad secondhand embarrassment in, but... Which usually turns me off from liking movies. And it's when she first goes and she doesn't have a boy name prepared. And she gets in the fight and, like, tries to spit and all I that feel stuff. like that is the perfect secondhand embarrassment because it's short enough that you're yes. not in that uncomfortableness for, for too, too long. long. I do love Mulan, but... It's my favorite. I love when, everything about it. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I would not watch it over another movie. Like, I would watch a different movie over it because yeah. they don't kiss at the end. And I don't mind that. For a few, and I we were just talking about this. There's a few reasons. One of them being, for the majority of the movie, Shane thought that she was a boy. Right. And also, he had a position of authority over her. Mm-hmm. Slash who, him, because he thought he she was a him. Yeah. I'm okay with them uh, not kissing at the end because they need time to get to know each other as with her being her true authentic self. Right. And him not in a position of authority over her necessarily. Right. So I'm okay with it because of those circumstances, but I would also be okay if there... Sorry. I would also be okay if there was no romantic subplot in Mulan, if it was just her learning who she was and then coming home with honor. And, and you would not. I would not. <laughs> I feel like I would like Mulan less if there was no romantic subplot. Like, I feel like I probably... Like, because I loved the song Reflection. That was, like, my anthem in junior high. Yeah. Like... That song connected with me so much. Same. Yeah. And so I feel like I would still love that song, mm-hmm. but I don't, I think I would have watched it even less. I feel like I wouldn't have connected with that character or connected with that story at all. Without the romance. because I Because I feel like all of these mo- movies that have come out recently yeah. don't have romantic subplots. No. Uh, and, or main plots either. A lot of the old ones were, ma- that was the main plot. But like... I don't connect with them as much because yeah, I don't see the point of telling their story a lot of the times. I see. And that, to me, like, to me, 
fairy tales like I grew up with the Renaissance era of Disney, mm-hmm. which were all romantic subplots. Oh yeah, <laughs> except for Emperor's New Groove, which was a buddy plot, um, which is a great movie. Yes, it is a wonderful, fantastic movie. And there's um, romance in it, in that Potch is married. Yeah, and you get to see. And that. his wife is wonderful. Oh yeah, she's like one of my favorite characters in all of Disney. <laughs> she's wonderful. Um, and I like when no 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 let me as a pregnant person I relate. <laughs> I love it when she like hits him in the face and and she, she's like oh that was him and she's like oh whoops yeah the frying pan and then he's like he's like I you have a very lovely wife they're both very pretty. <laughs> Sorry, we could quote that movie all day. It's a. I watched it just the other day. Rowan loves her llama movie. Anyway, but I feel like that movie is a comedy movie, and it's meant to be a comedy movie. And if it was meant to be more like serious, heartfelt, like Brave or something, I would not have liked it. There are so many thoughts about Brave. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have so yeah. many thoughts about Brave. And I think the thing that was well, there was a lot of things missing from Brave, but I think the. I love the, the music though. Problem with Brave, I don't even remember the music. I like. I have bought the song, the soundtrack. I really <clears throat> enjoy Celtic music. I feel like Brave was a super missed opportunity in the fact that the beginning of the movie has so much potential to be an awesome story, and then the and they the, bring bear, the bear in. the bear plot I think fell flat. The best part of the bear plot was when her brothers get turned into bears, and they're just these adorable little <laughs> cubs hopping around. And causing mischief. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the best part of that whole thing. No, I plot. agree. There is a... I think another time we'll have to do a podcast, because I want to do a little more research, but basically, on how it was done, because I seem to remember watching someone break down why Brave kind of feels like... Two different movies. Yes. And yeah. so I want to do some research and see what happened during the production the, yeah. pr- the pre-production of it and the screenwriting and see if it actually was mm-hmm. two different writers who had two different visions and someone just decided to smash them together yeah so anyway but we'll do another one on brave but there but were brave, a lot of missed opportunities yeah so brave. brave was the very first one to become a disney princess without any romantic subplot so like there was a, there was other ones that like um Pocahontas, her subplot, um, her romantic doesn't end until the second movie. Yeah. But her prince is still John Smith. Which I've never seen the second movie. Me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't typically watch Disney sequels. I watched it, and I watched it as an adult, and I remember thinking, Yeah, no. um, (laughs) But... My mom, but the my brave, mom was hesitant to show me the first Pocahontas <laughs> movie because of the historical inaccuracies. Oh, yeah. Like, nothing she, about that movie is historically accurate. No. Even the names are, are not even that accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. there was a man named John Smith. There was a woman named Pocahontas. All of the other... And nothing else. Nothing yeah. else matters. So she made, she made sure I knew the actual story yeah. of Pocahontas before. So it was a long time before I watched the movie Pocahontas. Yeah. Well, my parents, they told me... They're like, yeah. Like, as we were watching it, they're like, oh, no. You know? Like, <laughs> like she was like 10 when this happened. You know? Like, yeah. they, they told me as it went on. There's but, a lot of stuff in there. But, but if, anyway. you, if you take away the fact that that has anything to do with history and you just look at, like... The oh, romance, the, yeah, it. the the romance, the subplot, the um, the race war in it, like it's actually a really cool story. It is actually it is. a very pretty movie, um, and the music is the music is wonderful. Is, is very I love singing good. along to it. And even though, like my family are, um, I don't remember the words now. 
anyway, uh, conserva- conservation rather than preservation, which in the song um, Paint With All The Colors has a little bit of preservation. Over conservation. Over conservation uh, messages in it. I still love that song because yeah. overall it has a good Great uh, message. Yeah, a good message in it, even though I think they get a couple of details wrong. <laughs> but that's my opinion. Again, respectfully disagreeing. Yeah. <laughs> Talked about that in another episode. Exactly. Um, so, but the romantic subplot of that, you know, doesn't take place. But Brave was the first one where she just straight up does not have anything no to do with it and is still considered very much a Disney princess. Yeah. Um, I, and I didn't like Brave. I felt like... It needed a romance. It needed a plot. Well, it needed, yeah, it needed a plot. It needed a, a script doctor. That's what they're called. Yeah. It needed a script doctor to come in and be like, what are these two disjointed plot lines doing here? We need to focus on a theme. And see, I would have been okay with Brave not having a romantic subplot if they kept her age, which I think it's like 13, 14. Is that her age? Is she older? She's older. I keep thinking she's like 14. But I keep getting Disney characters' ages wrong. Like, in Encanto, I thought Mirabelle was, like, 20. And someone was like, so no, she's I. a teenager. She's 15. I, I was no seriously idea. thinking, like, oh, wow. She she's, like, in her... I thought she was, like, in, like, almost pushing 30. Oh. Like, I was just like, oh, she's, like, an adult. And then... But then she talks about how, like, Dolores was, like, one of her older cousins. And I was like, are they the older? same age? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought... I really thought she was older than everybody I, uh, else. I thought she... Well, I didn't think she was older than everybody else, because I knew that Isabella and Louisa were her older sisters. Yeah. But I thought she was 20, and then, like, Louisa was, like, 22, 23, and, like, yeah. Isabella, 25, 26. Like, I truly thought that that's what... Well, I think what tripped me up... Like, the first time I watched it, I didn't pay that close attention. But, like, I think the thing that tripped me up was that Camillo... Is that his name? I think so. The, the cousin. The cousin. The that one that can shift. Shape shifts. The chameleon. Camilla. He, um, he seems like a 15-year-old kid. And like, she's supposed to be the same and age. And she's as supposed him. to be young. Yeah. Like, I did not get that. I got no. that she was way older than him. Same. But apparently they're but around she's, the same yeah, age. Yeah. She's 15 and he's a couple months older than her. I have no idea. Anyway, but I'm getting people's age wrong. I totally thought Merida was like 14. And she's older. I still would have been okay with no romantic subplot if the plot was, if the, the, the character arc was her and her mother healing their relationship. And I d- kind of didn't like, so I wouldn't, if I were a script doctor, I actually wouldn't have the tribes come in relation to her getting married. Maybe them just coming to, I don't know, a feast or a yeah. date or tournament or, or something. And I would focus more on her and her mother's character arcs. Well, okay, have, okay so there's a movie, old, old movie called... Um, a kid in King Arthur's court. Never seen it. So Heard of it. It's though. a ripoff of like a Yan- uh, New York Yankee and is it a Yankee? Some baseball player in the King Arthur's court. Didn't Mark Twain? Yeah. So it's a kid who goes back in time to King Arthur's court, but Arthur is older and king, and he has these two daughters. One of the daughters uh, is supposed to marry a prince, but she falls in love with someone she's not supposed to fall in love with, and then she there's like a tournament to win her hand, and she goes through the tournament and wins the tournament, and is like, I want to choose who I get to marry, and you know, and the kid who like has his own entire plot this whole time, um, he convinces the king to let her do it basically, and I'm like. That was what I was expecting when Brave started. 
And then it like went off the rails <laughs> and completely changed. And I think it just never came back to a point where I connected with her. And I feel like I, I have that same problem with all of the, the movies that don't have a romantic subplot. May I ask why you feel it's harder for you to connect without a romantic subplot? I don't know. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Now, this is obviously not who we are, but looking at us from the outside perspective, people would probably think of me as more the romantic because I dress really frilly and we're, well, I mean, not right now. And I'm not pregnant and I fit into my clothes. Yes, you're much girlier than I am. Very much more so. But I am very much, I don't like most rom-coms. If it's a predictable storyline with rom-coms, I like are like music and lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's not a misunderstanding that drives them apart, but an actual disagreement that they have to work on. I don't like the misunderstanding trope. I, yeah, I don't like the misunderstanding trope either. But um, I would say you are a little sappier than me as far as your interests in stories. I think... Just a little bit, yeah. not like much more. Like we can still watch stuff, but I think you're I think sappier. what happened to me is that I am a tomboy. And I, the thing that connected me to being girly was romance. Romantic subplots in action movies. Like if there's an action movie and there's not a romantic subplot, I don't connect with it. And because I'm a girl. <laughs> but I love action movies. But my favorite part of action movies is always this big action, rough and tumble, like hero guy who you know, can do no wrong, big, strong. And then there's this romantic subplot where he is, you know, falling in love and taking care of this girl or... Mummy. Yeah, seriously. One of the best adventure <laughs> movies of all time. Although I heard the set was cursed. I did hear that too. Um, but he, like, I love The Mummy. And, like, I love all of those uh, movies and I grew up with action movies because I had two brothers. I didn't like anything that my sister liked. It wasn't her fault, but me and my sister didn't get along. And so anything that she liked that was girly, I hated on principle, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so when I became a teenager and, like, kind of grew out of, like, hating things just because she liked them, um, I was like, okay, well, now I want all of the girly stuff and I want all of this. And so I had a friend who you know, grew up normal <laughs> and just liked rom-coms because she was a girl and uh, she was a very typical girl in that way. And so she showed me all of the rom-coms, showed me all the ones that she liked. She actually showed me The Mummy as well. Um, but... It's like one of the best movies ever. Right? Yeah, like... And Don't so, know if you can hear me over there, but The Mummy's one of the best ever. Yeah, it really is. I want to watch it. I know. It's like one of the perfect movies. Um... It's right up there with, like, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where it's just a perfect movie. Princess Bride. And Princess Bride. Um, anyway. And Zorro, the first Zorro movie. Oh, that was really good. What happened to good? Like, good action-adventure with romantic subplots are just the best movies ever. <laughs> I think really they are. They really is, because I feel like... It has a bit of everything. I think when people fall in love and, like, the way that you find people falling in love, I love partnerships. Yeah. And I love seeing people come together who are perfect partners. And I think what's missing from a lot Sorry. of um, like the Disney movies that are coming out now is that I don't think they're perfect partners. Ah. So like Encanto, they're a family. And yeah. so they, they there's so many characters. And it's a very fun movie. It's like 
I want to live in that space. I like watching that movie because I like the town. I like the people. I like the like. And the story is about family. And there's right. a mini subplot of romance, like a super mini one. Of, of Dolores and the... Mariano. Mariano. Yeah. yeah. Like the cherry. Um, and so I, I feel like, I don't know, I just, I want it. I want to see people connect in that way. I want to see people be successful in love. Yeah. And I don't like the narrative, like, okay, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my mid-30s, and I am single. But I am not bitter about that. No, you're <laughs> and not. I have no problem, like, thinking, like, oh... Other people are happy. Like, I like seeing people come together. And yeah. you're the one who introduced me to Jonathan, my husband. That is true. I take full credit. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and, but yeah, like, I just, I don't know. I like watching people fall in love and, and overcome because I feel like we all, especially knowing I'm single in my 30s, I know a lot of people who have a lot of hangups about falling in love. Mm-hmm. And watching people get over that is satisfying to me. Yeah. Like, that's why we watch stories. That's why I hate open endings is because I like to watch a story or read a story and feel satisfied mm-hmm. at the end. And if I don't feel satisfied at the end because it's all coming to a close that is good and better than the beginning, then I feel like, what was the point of this? I see. I'm trying to think why I don't care about romance as much. And the thing is, I I think I was girly growing up. I think I had, like, a very short tomboy phase. But overall, I think I've always been quite girly and, and feminine. And I always found it really awkward to watch people kiss on screen. I always found it really awkward to watch them have, like, those... Fun- when I was younger. Now, not as much, obviously. But... And I've always been very shy about romance in my life. Like... Even now, if I, like, what I was going to say is really embarrassing. Like, I think I'm blushing. Like, when I had my first kiss, like, I don't like talking about it. I don't want people to know. It, it, it's something... I am not like that at all. <laughs> I know. That's, you're so opposite from me in that. Like, for me, I mean, I told you. But honestly, I told you because I'm like, if I don't tell people, they're going to be mad when they find out. <laughs> but I didn't tell them. And I was 20 when I had my first kiss. I was 21. I was I was 20. I'm pretty sure that was the age I was. 20 or 20. I was, All of our listeners are like, what? 20, 21, what? <laughs> you guys, I was not attractive in high school. Let's just put that out there. I looked. I was I'm gorgeous sh- in high school. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about Tay. I'm talking about me. This is Laura speaking. I was not attractive uh, in high school. I'm not just talking about looks. I had issues, okay? But I've grown. I hope. I you didn't have, know me in high school, but you I knew me not. right after high school. Yeah, I met you right after so your I've, high school. I've grown. Um, I and you literally met me like two months out of high school. Really? Yeah, a few months out of high school, you met me because mm-hmm. I went to to. I was a few years out of high school when I met Laura. <laughs> That's why that was where the shock came from. Like, really? I thought you were like nineteen, but oh, you know. maybe. But you met me when before therapy like me before therapy and me after therapy are two very different people <laughs> I just want to say that <laughs> so high school me I mean I, I I'm probably and I mean in it, we didn't that. meet and like become instant friends we met and slowly over slowly time. over time became like you came to a lot of game nights oh yeah I remember social. you randomly broke out into a British accent during one of my game nights. Oh, yeah. And one of my friends looked at me like, what is she doing? And I was like, I don't know. That's just a random girl. I don't know. Don't look at me. 
British. She's British. (laughs) (laughs) I used to prank people into thinking I was British. It used to be a prank I did when I was younger. I can't do as good an accent anymore. Yeah. But I used to have a pretty good one because I have a speech impediment (laughs) that makes me sound British. But then I got over it. Thank you, singing lessons. Well, it was funny because at the time I had a roommate who served her uh, church mission, which was um, a... 18 months in Australia and she had a very proper way of speaking and so she sounded like she had an accent even though she didn't she was from Utah but a lot of people were like oh you're from Australia because she really adopted the culture a lot she loved the culture and a lot of people were like oh you're from like that's where the accent's from Australia and it was like no well <laughs> and People thought I was British a lot growing up because of my speech impediment. Hence, mm. it became very easy to prank people yeah. into thinking I had I, that I was British. So yeah. it used to be a prank I did. But I was also obnoxious when I was younger. So I don't think mm. I don't try to prank people with an accent <laughs> anymore. Mostly because I've gotten over my speech impediment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Romance. I mean, now it, I'm better at fictional romance mm-hmm. but talking about like my real life romance is still a little embarrassing and a little like awkward I just I, it's, it feels very personal and private to me I feel like I'm the same with my personal as I would be with a fictional mm-hmm. but I also have like no filter when it comes to oh uh, I do like, things that I'm willing to talk about with, like, my really close friends. I'd probably be willing to talk to about a stranger. Um, or about, <laughs> about with, a, with stranger. a stranger. Not about a stranger. <laughs> well, you've offered to help me with, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? Not boutique. Boudoir. Yeah. Boudoir photos. Which you'd probably be, you and Megan would probably be some of the only people in the world I'd be comfortable doing boudoir photos yeah, in any capacity involved with <laughs> whether you're Megan there. Megan is or not. a good person for that kind of stuff. One hundred percent, and it's only because you guys are so open. Yeah, and but, and, very I, and I'm very comfortable with that type of thing. And in... because I've known you guys for so long, I trust yeah. you enough to do that. Um, and my husband's been asking for them forever, but I'm embarrassed. I, I'm embarrassed when I look at like lingerie sites. Like I need some new lingerie. <laughs> like I actually do need some new lingerie, by the way. I feel so I <laughs> so TMI yeah and people are like how can you talk about that but it's because I'm talking about things that like are embarrassing and I'm married I've been married for four years yeah. I'm pregnant with my second child <laughs> I have a very loving husband who, yeah like I love as well I you would think yeah like why would you be embarrassed looking at like lingerie sites and there was this one I was looking at it was like sign in and make an account to see the the unfiltered Oh yeah, get like the full access, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see, <laughs> see other people's anything. I, I, yeah, so like I, I mean, I'm uncomfortable with how much you're showing me now. I just yeah, <laughs> I don't feel uncomfortable because I grew up in a very open home, and we talked about that kind of stuff. Well, so did I. And I grew up also like um, going to lingerie stores to purchase for like bachelorette parties and stuff like that. So I was around it enough that it just didn't bother me. But then I also See, just I grew don't up in have a very problem. open. Oh, well, I think it was a very open home. My siblings are all much older than me. Got married way earlier than me. I knew what was going on. <laughs> I knew, and I would. I grew up watching Gilmore Girls with my mom. And as as I, my mom always said, "What you can ask me any question about anything, but make sure you're ready for the full answer because I'm not going to hold back. Hold yeah. back." And so sometimes she'd start to answer me, and I'd be like, "Nope, 
Never mind. Never mind. It was something <laughs> different that you had in mind. Or, yeah. Or I think the only but time... I grew up in a very open household. I knew, and my dad was very insistent, and I'm so, I'm so much my mom, very grateful. The correct anatomical names for everything. Mm-hmm. Every part of your body was, I have no embarrassment saying, I'm not going to say them in case people, we get dinged yeah. or something, but the private parts of people, I have no problem saying. I... We're talking about the anatomy of or anything to do with it because it's just, <laughs> the, the, the mindset in my household was it's a body part. So the funny thing about that is it makes me more uncomfortable to talk about anatomy and like proper words for things. Not necessarily because of that specific issue but because anatomy grosses me out <laughs> okay. like, all things anatomy gross me out like if you start talking about like any organ anywhere i'm just like oh stop see i love biology so maybe that's also part of it because i really no. enjoy biology i didn't take biology. i mean genetics is my my forte my favorite part that i want to go back to school for one day yeah but i love i do enjoy biology and it, anatomy i wasn't great at but it doesn't the nasty. only part that grossed me out was the smell from dissections. I oh, it makes me nauseated. The thought of the smell. That. I'm so yeah. I did not take any of that. The sight didn't, but the smell did. <laughs> no, I can't even look at the books. Like I was in massage therapy. That's one of the reasons I quit massage therapy was because you had to take a lot of anatomy and the books, like the illustrations in the books that they had. Those I was just are. like ew. I watched yeah. a video. I was in a pregnancy study. My first pregnancy. Which I'm sure they had fun with me because my first pregnancy was <laughs> ended in a fun way. We will tell that story later. Um, but they're part of the pregnancy studies we learned about pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like studies on it, statistics, facts, everything. So I, I knew a lot about pregnancy. And at one point we watched a video of a woman giving birth vaginally. Ugh. Nope. 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 <laughs> Both nope. my husband and I were sitting there fascinated. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> he nope. No, anytime my sister or sister-in-law have been pregnant, they're like, okay, it's time to push. See you later. I'm out. Yeah. They're like, anytime this is where that I the blanket comes up, I am out. <laughs> like, nope. So it's funny how I feel like I also grew up in an open household, right? Yeah. Didn't see the lingerie and everything so much. And my dad, well, was, and my I dad think, was chronically ill. But I think it would be different because my like my parents were not necessarily open to it being scientific. They were open to it being romantic. Mm-hmm. My mom hung her lingerie on a hook right next to her door. Yeah. Like, and she had a drawer and they had books out on the counter. Like, they were the, open the, about. They were open about it being romantic and, and being family. spiritual and being like you know sacred and within marriage and like all, all that stuff. But like they were very much about the romance of it, yeah, rather than anything clinical. My dad, you have to understand something. My mom is what you would call oh, I just forgot the word attracted to intelligence. Okay, very much so. When she grew up watching the original Star Trek series, her crush was Spock. Okay. And then when they came out with the one that had Picard, she liked Data, the cyborg, the robot, yeah. the robot guy. My dad is Spock. My <laughs> dad is Data. Like I cannot stress Data. this enough. Data, thank you. Cannot stress enough how. I I don't mean to insult him and say he's unromantic, but he when he proposed, he ended it with, and you better. He's like, don't answer me now, but when you answer me, you better make sure it's the one you want because I won't ask again. Hmm. That's how he ended his proposal <laughs> to my mom, okay? Like, he... Sexy. <laughs> right? He was... He had a genius IQ. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. literally, Mensa, which he always thought was, he didn't believe in IQ system, by the way, and he thought Mensa was a bunch of snobs. I'm not saying they are. I don't think they are. That's what he thought. Yeah. I have no that's idea. His opinion. But he did test high enough to that Mensa reached out and, and wanted him to be part of the organization. He was one of the very first computer computer programming um, people in the United States. He was yeah. one of the first, he was like in the program the first year it was, so he took the highest maths. <laughs> he wanted to be a physicist yeah. until he learned there was no money in it. Right. So then he went into computer programming. Like he was very much math and science yeah. based. Very STEM. Very STEM. Very, very much so. I got a little bit of that from him, not not as much, <laughs> and not in the same areas, but a little bit of that from him. And I got a lot from my mom, who she's more creatively minded English theory. Yeah. Like, looking beyond what people say into what they mean, and music, and acting, and all that stuff. So, you have to understand, that's my, that's my family. But my mom also believed in the correct she went along with him like yeah they of course they should know the correct names for everything like that just makes sense yeah like, i feel like we, they should. i mean i learned the correct names everything but we didn't use them well no i often. didn't go around using them every day no I, but I, like I, if I something people... hurt <laughs> i would say like if i not that anything comes to mind i think one time i bumped into a desk in that area and i told my parents what yeah. happened like stuff like yeah. that I, but i didn't we didn't go around saying them every day yeah but I, I knew yeah. <laughs> the names and I was comfortable with them. Yeah. When, yeah, I think it was more just, I don't know. I grew up, I like, I feel like it comes back to being open about that, about romance. Physical romance. Yeah. Um, emotional. Emotional romance. All of that. It comes back to, I find that coming to an end of happily ever after is very satisfying in a story to me yes it makes sense like i just i like that dynamic and i like more of i just like a good story and a good story doesn't necessarily have to have romance but i love stories but i also don't like open endings i know and, and i'm I okay like, with them and i feel like Definitely. that is one of the things is like um moana yes has a bit of an open ending a little bit yeah they're out on the ocean right and it's it's pretty satisfying like it's fine like i said everything about moana i feel like is fine yeah but it's none nothing about it is something oh my gosh i love yeah where there are other movies where i love them like what's your favorite disney movie with the romance plot oh good question i want to Hmm. I really enjoy Sleeping Beauty. I, I think do, the prince is. <laughs> I love Prince Philip. Prince Philip. I think he he's is fun. a he is a, such a fun prince, and I mean, I, I love Belle. I, I think so. My favorite is Mulan and Shane, of course. Right. Duh. But I like. It's hard for me to pick because oh so my like my Disney princess is Jasmine. Yeah. Because Jasmine was sassy. Yes. And overprotected, and wanted to see the world, and that was. Definitely me when I was younger, and I am the only one who would tell a guy to go jump off a balcony. <laughs> That's literally the reason that my sister used. She's like, who would tell someone to go jump off a balcony? And all fingers pointed to me. Yeah. And, like, so Jasmine is my... I look nothing like Jasmine. I have blonde hair. I have blue eyes. But she was always, always my princess. Personality-wise, you yeah. connected. Well, that's like me and Mulan. I look nothing like Mulan. Yeah, exactly. And then none of us were allowed to be Belle. Because everybody wants to be Belle. And so none of us were, like, allowed to have her. Like, no, you can't fight over her. So, like, everybody else has to. You have to choose around. Um, and so I do love Beauty and the Beast. 
It is one of my all-time favorites. Tangled is really good. I just I do like Tangled. Tangled. I do love the romance in Tangled. And I'm probably outwardly like Rapunzel and inwardly like Mulan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the best way to describe me. And I really like Tangled. That was one of like of the newer ones. That was definitely one of my favorites. I love Tangled. And I hated that people pitted it against Frozen. It was like the Harry Potter versus Twilight thing all over again. Like it's just just let them exist. Yeah. On their own. But anyway. And if it was between them, I would definitely choose Tangled. But I like the romance that they had in Tangled. Yeah. It was a newer one. It was good. And it had them, like, it had the him saving her and her saving him. And which she had character growth. Which I feel like bothers a lot of people in the older ones. And I get so, you, I could rant for hours about how people do not respect the old movies because they don't watch them and they just make assumptions about the story. Well, like, I hate that Cheetah Girl song about I don't want to be like Cinderella waiting for some guy to come rescue okay. that's not she that is nothing to do with the story we're gonna do a separate podcast on we'll that do a whole separate one about that's that a, that's... that is a very long rant of mine because it really bothers me when people don't watch the movies so in snow white snow white that is a romantic subplot for sure a main plot actually is people talk about how he just found her in the woods and he did not they fell in love before the events of the movie took place at the very beginning they have a love song together and they fall in love and then the queen tries to kill her she runs away has meets the dwarfs all that and it's a fairy tale so you have to remember in fairy tales it is perfectly acceptable for love at first sight to be a true thing because it's a fairy tale okay we're gonna talk about how i do believe in love at first sight (laughs) i've heard a story of someone i yeah And well, Jonathan, Jonathan, claim, Jonathan also claims that it was love at first sight for him. See, with me, which here's, is here's the thing <laughs> about love at first sight. I do believe that it can happen. But not to everybody. Right. I think you have to be capable of it. I ah. think that you have to be, and, and both of you, both people involved have to be 100% honest with themselves and with each other. So Snow White and her friends... Could or have, those yeah, people. Exactly. Most people in fairy tales are those because they're the protagonists. They're the ones that you want to aspire to be. Yeah. They are open. honest, open, and in it for that reason. And a lot of people think, like, that's one of the reasons why Frozen kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because it's, you can't fall in love with a man you just met. And everybody has that meme. And it's like, oh, and everybody is sad because, like, that's why Elsa's a queen. Have you seen that meme? Mm-mm. So but I'm not on social media. So there's a meme, and it is Elsa saying, you can't marry a man you just met. And then it has all of the Disney princesses during their crying scene, which none of them are actually crying about a boy in the scenes that are in it. But, that, and then somebody put, that's why Elsa's a queen and everybody else is a princess. And that bothers me so much because I'm like, yeah, that's also why Elsa's single <laughs> and everybody else is married. <laughs> you know, like... Is that idea that you have, like, Elsa is not capable of falling in love at first sight because she has too many insecurities in herself to believe that someone would love her, and she has too many insecurities believing that someone would try and hurt her. If you have those problems, you aren't capable of love at first sight. It's going to be love over time, which is also a great story. Yeah, which is fine. Like, you can love watching those. Yeah, and that's kind of what uh, Tangled is. Because yeah. they do not fall in love at first sight. She hits him with a frying pan. <laughs> you know, he tries the smolder. Yeah. It doesn't work. They and fall she, in love over time. And she has insecurities, which her the mother Gothel puts into her and 
and she, yeah, and preconceived notions of, reinforces. There we go. That's what yeah. She reinforces them when she sees them in the woods, and tricks her into thinking she's been betrayed. Rapunzel is remarkably strong for everything she's been through. So is Cinderella. If you look at yeah. the abuse that they endured, and Snow White. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other princesses. Sleeping Beauty for being sequestered as long as she was. Yeah. A lot of them are very strong. And yet people don't see it because they don't wield swords. Well, Rapunzel yeah. wields a frying pan. But... <laughs> right. But the the original princesses don't wield yeah. swords. They don't um, fight back in the way that people want them yeah. to fight back. Like, when... people want, want Cinderella to have walked out or um, sooner, to just walk out of the house or to fight back to the stepmother or stepsisters mm-hmm. before she does and all that stuff. But at the beginning, it literally says from a young age she was abused. Yeah. She grew her up father the... died very young. And it shows that in the Disney movie, it shows yeah. her as a little girl. And so many people don't realize that scene because it's so short yeah. that they forget about it. She is a child when her when her father dies. And blaming <clears throat> the victim does not help anybody. Like people yeah. are always asking in real life too, why doesn't why didn't the victim just fight back? Why didn't the victim just leave? Because they're a victim. They're yeah. in a very difficult situation and it's not just physical. Like abuse in real life right. never start as far as I know, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, it doesn't start with physical. They they're not gonna come and hit you first mm-hmm. date. It starts with mental stuff. Right. Exactly. Isolating you from friends and family, making you think that you need to rely on them. Yeah. Slowly making that the abusive person the abused person's whole world. Right. So by the time the physical abuse comes, you feel like you can't leave because where you're gonna go, who well, can and, you turn to and you also have what to remember you, you also have to remember that these stories took place in a time when you couldn't. Yeah. Like Snow White was a scullery maid in her own castle. She didn't have a choice. No. And that that is very true to history. And Cinderella, very true to history. Choice. She didn't have a choice. She couldn't just go off and, you know, be uh, a career woman, you know, no, and leave. That didn't that was that was an option. And in the Disney movie, um, of Cinderella, she like a lot of people complain about um her like 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 the Cheetah Girl song, yeah. sitting around waiting for a man. She did not. Her and that entire story came from her wanting to go to a ball, not to meet a guy. She had. She did not, not to meet the prince. She didn't know he was the prince. There's a line when she's running out of the castle. Oh, I need to meet the prince. And he's like, Wait a second, didn't you know? And she's like, No, I have to go. And he's like, Why do you have to leave? And she's like, Oh, the prince. I never got to meet him. And then she runs away. And he did. She didn't know he was the prince until her stepmother tells her. And yeah. people complain about like they they just don't watch the movie but the thing that is so satisfying about that and the reason why that story works for me is because she was in a an abuse she was doing the best she could she was kind to all the animals she was even kind to lucifer who was so mean to her i mean he's named lucifer yeah so <laughs> she was kind to them even though she saw the the things that they were doing were bad she was still kind to her stepsister she was still kind to her co- like and all she wanted was to go to a party because it sounded so grand. It was a ball at the palace. And you don't get to go to balls at the palace, you know, all the time. Yeah. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And that was what her story... Like, she didn't go out looking for a man. She didn't go out looking for someone to save her from her life. She wanted to go to a party. And the prince did not look for her with a shoe. No. Ugh. 
the king <gasps> orders the gra- the king orders the grand duke. The grand duke. And the grand duke goes out looking for the woman with the shoe. Yes. The prince in the Disney <laughs> Sleeping <Animated> Beauty. <laughs> or, Cinderella. Uh, Cinderella never looks for her with a shoe. He never sees any of the women that the shoe is tried on. And he never sees her face again until the end. The grand duke, the king hears the fact that he says he won't marry anybody else but the owner of the shoe and the woman who fits the shoe. The king twists his words against him and is going to force him to to wed any girl that fits the shoe. Well, the shoe is magical and it will only fit her. Yeah. The shoe breaks and she has the other one. Yeah. And that's how the duke finds her. Yes. Like, <laughs> the duke finds her. I can't stress that enough. The Duke finds her. There was a part, okay, I was going to talk about a part in Ever After that's always bothered me, and I literally cannot remember what part I was going to talk about now. And it's only, I love the movie Ever After. Yeah, the only part about that is that she saves herself. (laughs) Which I I don't mind, actually. I don't mind that she saves herself. It bothers me how she saves herself. Physically, she saves herself, but I'd say emotionally, she and Henry are there for each other. Yeah. Which that's and that's why I liked that movie so much was because they were a really good couple. Yes. Because she helped him and he helped her. Yes. Both emotionally and physically, they but, both kept each other. Oh, I remember the part that bothers that I don't understand. Okay. Maybe you have insight to it. Maybe I don't know. We're talking so, about the Drew Barrymore movie yes. ever after, in case anybody missed. That. It's a Cinderella retelling. Yeah. Without magic, so she is the daughter of. A baron, correct? Uh-huh. And her mother was a baroness. Yes. So why is it when her parents die that they say she's a servant and and she goes... I know, understand why she goes along with it. That's not the part that bothers me. But at the ball when the prince is like, is this true? Like, you're a maid? Why, why couldn't she say, they forced me to work, but I am the daughter of a baron and baroness. Like, I have no noble so blood. So women... Uh, wanna, I want to... You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, um, but my understanding of it. So Baron is the lowest. So there's like earls and dukes. But and, it's still and Baron is right. But Baron is the lowest. But women don't carry titles. She is the daughter of a Baron. But she herself which means is that not. she could marry a farmer and be pretty pretty good, like a wealthy farmer, and she would be on status. She could marry a... Another baron. Yeah, she could marry a duke or an earl, or she could marry up, and that would be fine because she's a gentleman's daughter. She could marry down because she's a baron's daughter. Um, So the title doesn't go to her. It will, yeah, it will never go to her. Which is why it went to his wife as the baroness. And she could have kept her... Yeah, she definitely could have kept her. If she would have claimed her... She would have status. She would have status. But because she didn't. Yeah, and her mother why. did not have status. That's why, that always bothered me because I didn't understand that. The scene where he's like, is this true? And she, I was just like, just tell him, like, they force you to be a maid, but you're the daughter of a baron. Like, but she could have said that. But again, it goes back to the abuse. Yeah, and, and she did not. She did not grow up with a title. She was considered common. Like, her sister calls her a commoner yeah. because the title was transferred to the baroness. And even when she was little and her father was alive, she acted yeah, she the way she did. Yeah. She was a tomboy growing up. She would wrestle boys in the mud and win and right. all this stuff, which was cute. Um, so okay. they, they they had the authority to make her a commoner. Oh, okay. So that explains and her that. And mother, her mother was a commoner. Because like, he's a baron, he can marry down. It's fine. 
That explains um, the only qualm I had about that movie for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> she could have, that one like, she could have said, I am the daughter of a baron. Like, I, I have that little piece, but um, a prince would not marry the daughter of a baron. Yeah. But he, he, she was also, like, demoted because the baroness had the title. I see. Okay, that was, I just, talking about Cinderella reminded me of Ever After, which is one of the best... It is so good. I love, that's one of the movies. I don't think I love it as a Cinderella retelling. I just love it as a movie. It's a great movie. I really like it. A great book to read as a retelling of Cinderella is Ella Enchanted. Don't, not the movie, (laughs) the book. I want to be very clear. The movie you can watch separately. Just don't think of it as anything to do with the book. (laughs) It's an in name only, as Dominic Noble would say, in name only adaptation. But anyway, so that's interesting. Like you and I, have very different uh, needs from stories, I guess. I think so. And it's funny because, again, I feel like I grew up in it. But as you said, I, now that you say it, it makes sense. More, mine was more open, like, scientifically. Like, my questions would get answered about yeah. anything I had questions on, not just sex, but anything. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really get to see my dad be so super romantic. He was very chronically ill from mm-hmm. when I was a very young girl. Um, I saw him do acts of service, for sure. I think that was... A love language of his but yeah it wasn't necessarily romantic like get her flowers and chocolate but he he would just remember things that she liked and make sure she had yeah. that kind of stuff well and my parents were very open about the problems they had in their relationship like they i remember oh, my funny. mom telling uh us stories of the stupid things that my dad said because my dad <laughs> did not have tact when they first got married and that's funny and he not super great on tact now, but <laughs> but at least he recognizes it. And I remember them giving me advice in the fact, like, my dad said that he learned tact by, um, you know, you know how women ask, like, do I look good in this kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Do you like this dress on me? Yeah. And he would look at her and say, yuck. Oh, and no. she's taking it. I look like yuck. And he's looking at it like that's a really ugly color. You know, yeah. like, it has nothing to do with her. It has nothing to do with the way she is shaped or anything that it's just the color he doesn't like that color he doesn't like that look and so she took it personally and that would really hurt her feelings because why wouldn't it um and so he had to learn like you need to specify what you don't like yeah so that it never reflects on her so she's not taking it personally so she'll always get the honest answer no i don't like that that outfit um i don't like the color i don't like the pattern, the pattern, the cut. yeah, like whatever it is, um, and so like those, but like those were the mistakes that my dad was very open about, like talking about of like, yeah, I said this really stupid thing once, and and well, not probably probably more than once, <laughs> but like he's like, yeah, I had that mentality once, and then I had to grow and learn, you know, like yeah. they use their relationship a lot uh, to As explain the teaching moments. Yeah, that reminds me when Jonathan and I were getting married before we were getting uh, when we were engaged, about to get married. That's the phrase I was looking for. We had a council session with someone of authority in the in our church because uh, he you get you get like you can get counseling for marriage yeah. from them. And he told the story. He grew up loving cream puffs. He thought they were the best, tastiest thing um, ever. And so his wife's birthday comes around one year. And he's like, you know what I'm going to get her? Some cream puffs. It's like the first year they're married, right? He's like, I love cream puffs. They're such a delicacy. I don't eat them often because... Right. Whatever. You don't just eat cream puffs every yeah. day. They're a special occasions. Exactly. So yeah. he thought because he loved cream puffs so much that he would get a nice box 
to share with his wife for her birthday. So he brings them home and she's like, oh honey, that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. But I don't like cream puffs. They're not my thing. But thank you, I'll eat these because you thought of me and everything. Mm -hmm. But just remember, I don't like cream puffs. The second year of their marriage comes around. <laughs> and it is her birthday once again. And he says, you know what she would love? Because they're the most amazing tasting thing in the world. <laughs> cream puffs. Yes. <laughs> so he goes and gets a box of cream puffs and brings them home to her. And she's like, you know, dear, thank you for thinking of me. But like I said last year, these are not really, I don't like cream puffs. Or not. I appreciate you like them, but I don't like them. Please don't get them for me for my birthday or any other occasion. I don't like them. And he's like, okay. Heard, got it, message received. The third year comes around. <laughs> Guess what he brings home for her birthday? Oh, A box of cream puffs. <laughs> and she just bursts into tears. And she's like, you don't listen to me. You don't love me. You know, being dramatic. Right. Because it's the third year in a row. Of, right. Like him bringing home cream, cream puffs. puffs. Yeah. And she was very polite the first two times. You know, in his retelling of the story of being like, and she just burst into tears. You don't listen to me. You don't love me. Like, why would you keep bringing me something I don't like from yeah. my birthday of old days? And I took, he remembered after that. You'll be happy right. to hear. <laughs> but it should not take your wife bursting into tears for you to listen to her three years in a row. So the point of his story was that men will sometimes need to be told something multiple times over before they hear it and that's actually something that i've had to learn to deal with because i have a lot of insecurities i was told growing up by a lot of different people for various reasons that i needed to shut up that i needed to be quiet that my opinion didn't matter a lot of stuff like that mm -hmm. so i have now i'm like no i'm gonna talk and you're gonna hear me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i will be respectful but i will talk and you will hear me and so if i tell someone something and they don't remember it mostly my husband honestly right because <laughs> i talk to him the most about everything and poor guy gets everything i talk about so if he doesn't remember something or doesn't hear me i get offended and i realize where it comes from mm -hmm. but sometimes i burst into tears and i'm like yeah. you don't listen to me <laughs> you don't so kind of dramatic and i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but just to refresh so i grew up in a home with men who listen and i never they do very i well. i know the men in your family i never understood so i and we also grew up with like the show like uh blossom with the character sticks six whatever her name is um and my sister talked a lot and so like i grew up and my mom doesn't have the greatest relationship with women where if a man doesn't listen to you, it's usually because you're just talking, over-talking, kind of nonsense kind of thing. And in my family, with men who listen all the time, that makes sense. Like, the reason why, like, if my brothers didn't remember something about me or about, like, a girl that they were talking to, it was because she was talking too much. You know, like, they couldn't get, they couldn't take in all that information. I do talk a lot, to be fair. <laughs> Again, but, insecurities. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I was dating a guy and this came like I spoke and he did not listen and I didn't under I was like what <laughs> like I told you that it was new to you it was a yeah new it, was a, it was such a new concept and I remember I was on the phone with him upset I don't remember what I was upset about something he did something that happened um, girlfriend stuff yeah girlfriend stuff I was upset and I heard something in the background and he was watching tv 
<laughs> as you're crying to him. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I could not have been more. What's the first letter shocked. of his name? E. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> I was wondering which one it was. <laughs> it was my first boyfriend. Okay. It was the I first know. time I had ever encountered not being listened to. That's what and I'm like saying. not like literally someone was watching TV, letting me rant on the phone and not hearing what I was saying. And I was like, What are you thinking? Like, like what is this? Why would you do that? Here we can wrap it up in four minutes. Okay. So Anyway, so that was... I want to put it out there really quickly. My husband's a great listener. I talk a lot. (laughs) I also don't always give people time to stop what they're doing to listen to me. And that's the skill I'm working on. Mm -hmm. But my husband's a great... But, you know, not everybody can remember everything Right, and you have to be patient with people. And, again, I understand where their insecurity comes from. Me being pregnant is not helping You've also been married (laughs) for four years, so that's a lot more information than having a girlfriend for, like, two months. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've definitely... Don't watch TV while you are listening to your girlfriend. That's or anyone in Or anyone. Anyone who's ha- trying to have a serious conversation with you and you are in some sort of relationship, friend, more than friends, familial... Yeah, anything like that. Listen. Listen. And look at them if yeah. you can. Like, it's not hard to listen to someone. It's not hard to pause the TV. No. <laughs> but anyway, I... Yeah, I think it's so funny how we both grew up in, we both talked about how we grew up in open households before, but never the perspective of mine was more scientifically based, which makes yeah. sense with my, like my dad especially, and my mom really liked that about him, so she, right. of course, when she loves, intelli- she's intelligent, she, yeah. she really is just in different areas of life than my dad was, Yeah, which is why they were a good match. Well, my dad is like a rough and tumble cowboy who had a really hard time in school because he was dyslexic, and yeah. back in the day... They didn't have dyslexic and th- learning disabilities or they didn't have IEPs or anything. They were just dumb, you know, so he grew up very much thinking he was dumb. And my dad, so our dads love John Wayne. We have that in common. Yes. My dad wanted so badly to be that rough and tumble <laughs> physical cowboy. And he had chronic health issues his whole life. So, but it's funny because we have also that connection, <laughs> yes. but my dad just couldn't physically be it. <laughs> my dad physically was it and, uh... Basically, if your dad, if we took your dad's, like, physical aspects of when he was a cowboy, like, my dad's mental acuity, they'd yes. be unstoppable. Exactly. But, anyway, that's a really fast, we always learn insights when we talk to each other. We do. So, you like sappy romance, and I'm okay without it, but I also enjoy it when done well. Yeah. I, I find it more satisfying when something is tied in a pretty little bow, and I think the easiest way to do that is through a romantic subplot. <laughs> I'm okay and with so that one. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I want more romantic subplots in Disney movies. I want them to come back in style. <laughs> I just want them in Disney movies. Yeah. I also... Yeah. I want music that I can sing along with a little bit better. <laughs> Alright, well... We are almost uh, out of time so we'll go ahead and wrap it up you can check us out on instagram facebook and patreon we'll have a lot of really awesome new tiers so definitely check out tayajoy flake slash patreon no patreon slash tayajoy flake however you do it go to patreon search my name um and there all of our tiers have the your little sister's logo on it which is the blue um with a black tree very easy to find and you can look at the awesome stuff we have for those tiers and really cool new stuff so definitely check it out you can support us and
get more content and give get us recommendations. give us recommendations, ask us questions, all that fun stuff. Respectfully so. disagree. There's another episode. Yes. We don't mind you disagreeing, but if you could be respectful, it's much appreciated. Yes. So I am Taya. I'm Laura. Bye. Bye.